The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch, and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'll be joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week I'm joined by a DJ who lists his favourite movie as Superbad and favourite TV show as Parks and Rec. Welcome to the show, Jackson Carr. My friend, thank you for having me I'm on a different day, which is good. Um, we might also have to change my favourite movie. Sorry, you know what I'm like. Um, I'm pretty sure I know what it's going to change to, The Gentleman. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I rewatched it on Saturday and, I, just, you know, me, it seems like I just change things every month. So, yes, um, we'll talk about that later. But, yes, I'm very well. How are you going? Good, good to see you again. Good to be here. My friend Jerry's here with me. Nice. I'm uh, good now that I'm all settled into the new place. That was a hectic week of moving and having arguments with the internet company so that was great fun moving is never fun i i i moved last year and i did it a day it was horrible so i don't know how you prolonged it for a week but well done for moving and the i like the new setup behind i like the, the belts that's what i was looking for it looks, looks like a good little room you've got there so yeah yeah we did the majority of the move in on the Tuesday, and then the rest of it was just like the last few little bits and pieces, and um, then yeah, dealing with the internet during like when most people are still working from home, having no internet, not ideal. And uh, I I pre-booked everything so that my internet would be up and running on the Monday, so the day before we even moved in. And it didn't turn on until late Friday afternoon. So that was fantastic. No, just, just exactly what you need when you just relax, want to relax after a, a big move. Yep. Because the 90s again, no internet. Sorry. Couldn't watch nothing. I was just like, oh, well, I guess I'm just watching whatever's on TV today. Yeah, I haven't watched normal. I only watch one show on TV and I don't even watch it when it's live because I forget about it. I watch Gruelin and I think it's my f- favorite show i absolutely love what they do but i always forget it's on and then i can just watch on iview so i don't watch now rugby league's over i don't watch normal tv at all so i don't know how you did that but well done kudos to you gruen was actually one of the things that i watched i was like oh jackson will be proud of me right now oh did you see that joe rogan shared one of their clips because they do like every week they do like a pitch where they put forward an idea and an ad agency has to do like Four and then another ad agency has to do against it. And they've made a clip, like they said something about not getting vaccinated or like what's not in the vaccine. And Joe Rogan thought that it was a legit ad. And he's like, America's lost the plot. Yeah, like America's lost the plot. And he posted it and all these like, I don't like Joe Rogan, but I, I was looking at the comments and I was like, brother Joe, you're doing the good job. And like, then he realized like, I think a day later, he was like, oh no, this is actually a mistake. But Australia is still messed up. So and then they, I thought they'd address it more, but they just had a throwaway comment on the show last week about it. But yeah, Joe Rogan got punked by Gruen. It's great to see. That, that's pretty, that's good. That's very funny. Uh, what's been happening in your end of the world now that things are opening back up? Still running a lot? Oh, man. Honestly, yeah, still running a lot. I'm not running as much. I set myself a goal to do 200 kilometers last month, but you know me, I don't want to drink. So I still did like 150Ks, which is good. But DJing heaps, venues are opening up again, which is brilliant to see. Um, I'm running a party on the 13th of November in Bathurst, which will be the first, coincidentally, it's the first Saturday since restrictions have ended, which will be fun. Um, and as of Friday today, or both days, I got offered a new job working for a, a hospitality company doing marketing, looking after a couple of their venues. So I always said once um, COVID was over or made it through, like the vaccine, I wanted to... Um, work for a hospitality company again because that's probably my favourite other in my life and somehow I manifested it and I, I got the job and it's one of my favourite venues and I was 
I can't actually can't believe I got this job. Like it's, it's actually surreal. Like I cannot wait to get started. I went to two of the venues yesterday just to check it out, see what was going on there. Yeah, I'm just over the moon. I've just come out of lockdown and fast pace in more ways than one. You know, that's awesome. Back to back to what you love and enjoying everything about work. Yeah, and there's a big focus on like entertainment at the venues as well, which is exciting. So and then there's a pub opposite me that called the Alexandria Hotel that's Hems is opening up. I'm gonna start DJing there as well. So things are getting very busy, which is good. So yeah. Nice. How have those sort of first few gigs been since going back? Yeah, it's it's weird because like the first gigs you can dance and people are still like trying to figure out what you can do, but like it was really busy at all the venues. But then I played somewhere on Saturday night. It was actually quite quiet. I finished like an hour and a half early, which is, which is quite surprising. So I think people have like done their dash for the first couple of weeks and they might just relax a bit. And then once like Christmas parties start and all that kind of start, starts picking up again, I think there'll be a bit of a relapse. Oh, restrictions ending. I don't know. But yes, it's been good. So it's just, and then I was down your way for Melbourne Cup. I played at Trojan Beach Hotel for the after party, which was played for six hours, which was fun. So, Jeez, that's a long set. Yeah. <laughs> exhausted after that one yeah and then i just got the train back home but um i played for six hours a lot of the time which is fine like your first hour or two you're there and it's quite boring but then you get into it and it flies by and yeah it was, it was really nice playing down there and i love getting the train down the Wollongong. It's, it's such a nice picturesque view once you go past all the water and stuff so yeah i very much enjoyed myself yeah that 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 train ride is nice it's a pretty crazy that's like on the side of a cliff basically for the half of that trip <laughs> It's wild. I was trying to like explain it to someone. And I was like, you're literally like on a cliff and you're going past water. And um, yeah, that and also the train to Newcastle, I quite enjoy. So, bit of a, I mean, not having a car, it's like, I'm not being a car, I get public transport a lot. So, yeah. You're turning into like the old man train nerd. Oh, well, I've got the old man polo shirt on, I've got the massage. I'm pretty much halfway there. So, yeah. Nice. So, yeah, we mentioned you rewatched The Gentleman that's on, is it on Netflix now? Yeah, it's on Netflix now, and I've, I think it came out in the cinemas last January, and Guy Ritchie's one of my favourite directors. I'll drop anything to go see one of his movies. I love him, and I've talked about the show, the movie before, and then it was on Netflix, and I was just hanging out with a friend yesterday, Saturday, sorry, um, and I was like, oh, the gentleman, I love this movie, and just the storytelling and just how it's all put together, it's just, yeah, it's actually incredible. Like, it's, I love Super Bad for the comedy but I think the gentleman's just a better story and it's just so well put together and the actors are just ridiculous in it. So I think at this this month, I reckon for at least for the rest of the year, this it's now my favourite movie. So um, Parks and Rec, is, yeah, I mean, you know what it's like. It's seems to change my mind all the time. But, yeah, I absolutely love the movie. Like the act, like Hugh Grant is, is just amazing. Charlie from um, Sons of Anarchy is a very beautiful man and he's, he's very good in it as well and... Yeah, Matthew, I found out. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey's a, was really good in it as well. So I just really liked the, the storytelling with it. My sister doesn't like it much because there's not many females in it. But Scarlett she makes a blogging the way he's, he's always been. So yeah, very, 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 very good movie on Netflix now. Very happy to rewatch it. So yeah, like it lived up to all of the memories you had of it. it didn't let you down in any way on the second viewing or third viewing, whatever it was. Not at all. It's even better because when you watch it, then you start paying attention to things you might have missed and it was just like just the attention to detail in it. And it was just, I was quite hungover on Saturday and usually I don't like watching things I have to pay attention to when I was hungover, but it just captured me and I was like, this is absolutely brilliant. And yeah, I watched it before Portland had a win. So it was a very good Saturday for me before my DJ gig. So yeah, it, it's, I think it's his best work. Like Snatch, I love. I saw Ratha Ratha Man this year, which is really good. Lockstock, um, Rock and Roll is another guy which movie I love, especially because Tom Hardy and Idris Elba are two of my favourite like man crushes celebrities, and they're both in Rock and Roll as well. So I don't think there's been a movie that he's done that I haven't liked. Like it's just it's just all hits, no misses. Absolutely love him. Okay. Um, speaking of Idris Elba, I once my internet was turned on, I actually watched a movie that has Idris Elba in it. I'm going to watch it tonight. Whatever it is, I'm. I need to watch something, please. It's a long one, so you might not you might not get through it tonight. But it's uh, called "The Harder They Fall," and it's on Netflix. I started to watch that. Turn it off after ten minutes and put on American Pie. But yes, that's a, not a bad choice. American Pie can't go wrong. 
so yeah, this one is like I said, brand new one on Netflix. Uh, it's described as a revisionist western. So basically, that just means that they use real life people as part of this story from like the Wild West days, and uh, instead of telling uh, a factual story, they use these characters and put them into an entirely fictional story. Um, so it basically follows uh, Nathaniel Love, and he discovers that his arch enemy, basically Rufus Buck, is about to be uh, released from prison. So Nat gets his gang together, and they decide that they're going to go find Rufus and seek out their revenge. And uh, yeah, all of the principal cast members in this movie are African American. So I thought that was a really cool sort of spin on a Western. Uh, they also incorporate a lot of like hip hop and R&B like music throughout it. So I was like, oh, this is like, I kind of like Westerns, but this was a cool little spin that I didn't expect from this movie. I don't like Westerns, but that sounds like something that would draw me in for sure. That sounds hectic. And if you like um, Tarantino as well, it's a very like, very like Tarantino style movie. So there's lots of like really full on in your face graphic violence. Um, it felt to me kind of like a mixture between uh, Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight. Yep. Okay. So sort of it had the, the violence and the African American story of Django, but then it took like the kind of theater stage. Uh, presentation of the hateful eight okay yeah so I, I actually pretty well enjoyed this movie um the the main cast is like like i said idris elba is in there as rufus buck uh nat love is played by jonathan majors who has been in the last black man in san francisco he was in an episode or two of loki uh, he's the main character in lovecraft country uh, we also had Zazie Beats, who's been in Atlanta, uh, Deadpool, Joker, Invincible, Regina King from The Watchmen, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who is from Straight Outta Compton, plays a okay, cool. Snoop Dogg in Straight Outta Compton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, like I said, just felt like a crazy Tarantino one. It's quite long, though. It is over two hours long, so... Yeah, you got to be prepared to invest in this one. On that front, it probably could have used a little bit of tightening up just to sort of condense it and, yeah, reduce that runtime. But, yeah, totally worth it. And when I looked at some of the info earlier today, there's a nice little tribute to Chadwick Boseman in there as well when they are robber train on the side of the train, the company that owns the train is C.A. Bozeman. So I was like, oh. Oh, nice. I didn't notice it at the time, but then looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's a cool little, like, nod to him without throwing it in your face. Like I said, I think it's a really cool spin on a Western. You don't sort of expect it. You kind of expect in a Western all the African-Americans just to either be slaves or second-class characters, whereas this one, they're, yeah. they're like the full main characters and they go to a a town that is called a, a white town. So it's all the where all the white characters basically are and everything in the town is painted white. All the buildings are white. So then all the African-American <laughs> characters really stand out and they've got that real bright clothing on. that looks like pop off the screen in that, that segment. I was like, oh, this is very artistically driven, which is where the sort of Tarantino bit came from. Yeah, of course. Like... I don't like Western movies, but the fact that Idris was in it, I was like, I want to watch this. And then I was just, I had a rare Friday night off and we, we put it on. And the first scene, like, like what Idris was doing. So I was like, I don't want to see him like this. So we just turned it off because we wanted to watch something more lighthearted. But yeah, it's something I, I definitely, now you've sold it to me, like hip hop style, like with it. And yeah, it's definitely something I, I want to watch because it seems really, really interesting. So um, yes, well, yes, Idris, boy, I like it. I think that's the cool thing with sort of Netflix and things now. They they can explore these sort of strange artistic movies, whereas I don't think this would have done 
incredibly well if it had to do like a cinematic release it probably would have flopped and then it would have maybe become like a cult hit later down the line but yeah we'd never see a, a sequel or anything whereas this one we we might see it continue on on as a netflix movie series yeah nice yeah awesome um okay cool yeah no you've definitely that's something we're gonna have to check out this week for sure you wait but i'll, I'll find some time I, I made up for lost time when uh the internet came back on. So I watched that movie uh, on Friday night when I was exhausted from unpacking everything. I was like, I just want to watch something lighthearted and silly. So I chucked on Tommy Little's new stand-up set that's on Amazon Prime at the moment called I'll See Myself Out. Like, I don't particularly enjoy Tommy Little on the project, but as a stand-up comedian, I find him absolutely hilarious. And this this comedy special was uh, recorded at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in March this year. So obviously the main talking points are COVID, lockdown, COVID testing, so all of those things that you would expect. I feel like nearly every comedy special is going to cover in the next 12 to 18 months. But uh the funniest moment I found was when Tommy was talking about he wants to try some more outlandish uh, things in the bedroom. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he talks about how he he just he doesn't want to have any regrets and he doesn't want to be that guy that at a party someone goes, oh, what's the craziest thing you've done in the, the bedroom? And he's like, oh, I've done doggy twice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he convinced his then girlfriend, no. He didn't really convince her. She kind of just made him pick something. She was like, you talk about wanting to try something and you never actually try something. So what do you want to do? And him being a silly, smart comedian goes, pee on me. And she went, what? He goes, yeah, you heard me. So that's what she did. Oh, I thought you were going to say he wanted to get pegged, but not peeing. Oh, okay. It's this is better than the other one, but the, up, the other side, your, your anatomy. But, yeah, wow, I thought you were going to say pegging, but peeing, okay, if that's something that you want to try, go and shower. Not for me, it's a bit warm. But. Yeah, I, I don't think he actually wanted to try it. Like he kind of just said the first thing that came to his mind and then yeah. didn't want to back down and look like a sook. So Yeah, wow, okay, wow. He ended up stuck doing that and uh, instantly regretted his decision and I just was absolutely losing it watching him talk about this on Friday night. I was like, oh, my God, this is the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. And All for trying new things, but that's a bit much. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. That one segment is totally worth watching this hour comedy set. <laughs> I want to get – I'm, I'm going to get Amazon Prime back because there's this Kid Cooney documentary I want to watch on on that. So I'll also watch this, this special as well just because I want to hear him talk about being paid on. R. Kelly style, you know, it's – yeah, um, there's a new uh, Premier League documentary on there too that I'm going to have to check out at some point this week as well. So that looks pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Who's, is it about a team or is it? No, nah, it's about like the formation of the Premier League. I think it's like five 40-odd oh, yeah. minute episodes and just how the EPL came to to be a thing rather than just the, the FA. Yeah, cool. As we've previously discussed, the streaming services, they just get you in and they just – just when you want to get rid of it, I was I was going to get rid of Apple TV because Ted Lasso's finished. That stupid show I was watching finished as well. I don't, I don't remember its name, but I don't like it. Um, uh, Mr. Corman. Yeah, super show. Um, but now there's this new documentary or this show about basketball that Kevin Durant's company, production companies put on. So now I'm going to start watching that. Like there's a Beastie, Bo- doc- Beastie Boys documentary I watch as well. So my streaming services, they just, and I meant to cancel my Disney the other day because I haven't been watching it, but they just charged me again. So I'm I'm all in with a lot of streaming services at the moment. They just keep on getting us. And I've been watching a show on Binge. So. To be fair, it this is a very good time to have Disney Plus because the 12th is Disney Plus Day and there is a ton of stuff coming. So we're getting Shang-Chi, we're getting Jungle Cruise, uh, then there's a bunch of shows and stuff coming out. So not a bad time to just cop the charge. Yeah, and Thingo's free now. Black Black Widow's free now, so I don't seem to watch that. But 
yeah, I've, yeah, yeah, okay. Good, good, good work, Apple, charging me. I'm happy you've done that. I'm, I'm happy to keep you for another month. And there's all the Christmas movies they want to start watching soon. I was talking to my friend on the weekend. I was like, do you want to watch a Christmas movie? She goes, Jackson, it's November. It's too early. And I was like, I'm ready now. Like, I'm ready to change my profile picture on social media to me DJing a Santa Claus. I'm in the Christmas spirit. Like, I'm into it. Actually, I won the show on Christmas last year. Actually, I'm I'm kind of in the Christmas spirit too. I was like, do I get the Christmas tree out yet? Maybe a bit soon. Maybe next week. I haven't had a Christmas tree in years, but I'm going to buy one. Like, I'm, I'm going to go to Kmart. It's payday, pay month this week. I'm going to go get a Christmas tree for the house. And if my roommates don't like it, then I'll just put it in my room, whatever. I'm, I'm ready to start singing all these Christmas songs. Watch, and I'm going to start watching a Christmas movie a week for the next lots of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we need to uh, decide what we're going to do for Christmas for the, the podcast. I think Yeah, yeah. I think what we're going to, going to have to do is like last year we did our favourite ones. I think this year we might just have to pick one and have everybody watch it and come and have a nice big breakdown of that one movie. Yeah, I like that idea. And then maybe something else is you can talk about, we could talk about rather than a movie, our favourite Christmas episode in a television show. Yep. Yeah, that's a good idea. I just kind of, but you know, they always like every season, I always have a Christmas episode and just thinking about, yeah, your favorite Christmas episode in a TV series, which might be good. So, yeah, like our Christmas tree is like, it's only about what, this big. It's just like a little coffee table one, but it does the job for me. I haven't had one in years, but I'm, I'm every year, every year I say I want to get a Christmas tree. And every year I say I want to get a photo with Santa. And I never do two. And because the last two years have been really bad and been locked down and, I want to start doing things like I've got a list of activities and things I want to do. I'm 100% going to get a Santa photo this year. Lock it in. I'm just going to go by myself because I don't want to get it with. I'm just going to get by myself. I'm going to get a Santa photo and it's going to do all around and make a TikTok about it. It's happening this year. Santa photo is 100% happening. I'm in. I, I'm really excited. I really want to do it. My ex last year was like, no, I don't want to get a Santa photo. I'm doing me, babe. I'm getting one. Ever since I got Toby, I've got a Santa photo with me and Toby and Santa every year, except for last year because of the COVID stuff. Yeah, so you inspired me. Um, yeah, I'm 100% for that idea. So I just completely forgot about it until now. I'm so happy. It's the easiest Christmas present for your parents. Oh, yeah. They, they always love a, a Santa photo with the kids. Oh, I can just give to everyone. I'm going to give print out Christmas cards and send it to people, Seinfeld style, but my nipple in it like a lane did in that episode. But, um, Oh, yeah, and I'm really excited. Oh, yes. Made my nights. Second best news I've heard all day. Nice. Uh, and you mentioned watching a show on Binge. What have you been checking out? Yeah, actually, funnily enough, speaking of Christmas and Jesus, um, I, I was told my friend, Alex, this girl I kept talking about this month. I'm sorry if she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I started watching this show she recommended called The Righteous Gemstones that Danny McBride created. And John Goodman's in it, and Adam Levine is in it. Adam Devine is in it, sorry. Um, and it's basically about this family who own a, a, like a Hillsong type church. Like it's about okay. organised religious religion okay. on a on a massive like massive scale. Like they have a church and a shopping centre, and it's just it really just kind of takes the piss out of America and their their beliefs in in religion and it's and John Goodman's the pastor in it and Danny McBride is like the oldest son who's like the head of like because there's three kids and he's like the head of the, the family kids but he's a bit of like a party animal because that's what Danny McBride is like he's and it's just it just follows their life and like they live on an estate and each of them have their own like house on the estate and I just started I finished in like a, I haven't been watching a lot of stuff lately because I've just been hung over and rewatching stuff but i watched this in like a day and a half and it's just absolutely hilarious about these mega churches and the pastors and what they do and yeah i just can't get over how funny it is like i got my parents to watch it and they were they watched it like six episodes last night i got my roommates to watch it i just think it's the funniest thing and i heard they were only going to do one season because it didn't go down too well in america which obviously they're taking the piss out of religion but I found out it's been renewed not only for a second, but a third season as well. And the wow. second season is coming out in January. Yeah. It's, it's through HBO. So, you know, it's like good quality and it's just, it's like a black comedy. It's a bit of crime, a drama, a bit of lots of laughter and 
yeah, like, like even like the supporting characters, there's this guy, Keith, who's like an ex-Satanist and like it's just, it's just actually ridiculous what this show is about. And yeah, just yeah, basically follows the three kids and John Goodman as the father. And yeah, like in one of the episodes, like Danny McBride, like sticking coke and like partying with strippers and like so yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> I can't get over how good it is. Like half an hour, first episode goes an hour, and there's like half an hour episodes, so you smash it out, and it's just yeah, hilarious, absolutely hilarious. One of the a secret gem. I feel like um American super churches make our Hillsong Church look like kids play. Like our Hillsong Church is big, but it's not US mega churches. Those things are insane. Yeah. Like even in the show, like they open up a church in a, a shop in a mall, as they call it. And that doesn't even surprise me in America. Because like I've been to America and I I've seen what their malls are like. They have they've got like military shops where you sign up to be the military like there's no hold bar in those things and like yeah one of the episodes of the shop, church in the mall gets like, ransacked it was just like in the middle of the day and like people just going on about their business and stuff and it's just like nothing it just takes the whole piss out of the country and it's yeah you can tell that Danny McBride he Danny McBride wrote it and created it and he's the main star and it's just absolutely absolutely hilarious it's just so good yeah like like you said HBO they obviously they they have that seal of quality. Like if they produce something, you know, it's not just let's bang this out and get something on air for the next 12 episodes or whatever. It's we're going to actually invest time and effort into making the 10 episodes or eight episodes that we put out actually worthwhile and meaningful. And it's obviously paid off if they're renewing it for two extra seasons already. Yeah. Oh, it came out in 2019. So that's why I was told that it, was cancelled, but I think it might have just had like a resurgence or whatever with everyone sitting home streaming. So, but as soon as you watch ABO and HBO and you see that TV static, the you just know it's going to be a good show. Like it just reminds me of Entourage, which is one of my favorite shows that I've been rewatching lately. And it's just you just know you see that you know this, this is going to be great. What they're doing is just yeah, HBO is just top tier for, for me. How are you finding the the Entourage rewatch? Is it a little bit cringy in twenty twenty one? Oh, no, I love it. Like, I really do. But, you know, at the time when Entourage came out, they were trying to be ahead of the time and have the latest technology in there and the latest trends and the latest fashion, which is never going to age really well. But I still love watching it because it's nostalgic for me. And it was when I came out when just finishing school in 2006. So it's like when I first started going out and going out to clubs. And it just it has a really good space in my head and my heart for it. But I was thinking about it. I was like, if it came out today, it would be the worst show in the world. Because you'd have like they go like the LA parties and you'd have like the influencers, you'd have the OnlyFans models, you'd have all like all like the, the YouTubers, the TikTokers dancing in the corner and like it was like the All Star Game trees, but they had all the TikTokers there and it just I think it came out at the right time because it was before the big social media explosion and they could get like Vince could get away with a lot of what they did. Whereas if it was now, everything you do is so scrutinized and it just. It's a show that would not would not be good to be remade now or would not be at a good time now because of the micro-celebrities and the celebrities around. It's just like, no, it would be absolutely horrible. So, yeah, it came out at, at the perfectly right time. And I I do really like rewatching. watching I try to rewatch Entourage, Parks and Rec and Seinfeld every year because they're like my, my top three shows. And, yeah, this is – I'm not going to be able to rewatch them all this year. I don't have time. But, yeah, I just decided one thing over there to – watch Entourage after I watched Righteous Gemstones because of that HBO static trigger in my head. So, yeah, Hinge as well. Yeah, um, like on, when Entourage came out, they sort of they didn't have a huge amount of celebrities in that first season, but you can tell it like got that massive following in Hollywood because as the seasons go on, the, the celebrity cameos just get bigger and bigger and it's just like, oh, wow, there's, they've hit a, hit a nerve here and a lot of people are invested in this show. Yeah, because it was loosely based around Mark Wahlberg's life and he was like the executive producer. So in like the first episode, you literally see Mark Wahlberg and his three friends, which is what they're based over. And then I guess the more it picked up, the more you just saw like all celebrities were in it, like Jessica Alba, like just, they, it just was just everyone. So it was yeah, absolutely wild what um, I guess the people that followed. And then obviously when the movie came out, then it ended and I thought they'd do another movie because, like, Mark Wahlberg in the movie was 
filming us. Like he's like, I'm filming the third Ted. And he's like, I'll do anything for a paycheck. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do more. But no. Yeah. I, like, I wonder if they could get away with another movie. Like have Vinny Chase come back as like the aging actor that's coming out of retirement or something. Like in the, in like a George Clooney style role or something. That'd be cool. Yeah, getting back on a plane from Australia. Yeah, hopefully. I don't think it'll happen. Mark Wahlberg's got enough things to play these days, especially with his new Ladbrokes partnership. He's always on the ads about. So. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, Wahlberg's burger chain. and I actually ate at Wahlberg's. Yeah, yeah. Any good? It was when I was in America and we went, we landed in Las Vegas and um, you can imagine what I'm like in Las Vegas. So I know we ate there, but that's all I know about this story from the burger. Can't remember if the burger was any good or not. <laughs> no, I don't know, but I ate there. So Five Guys is number one, in and out and then more burgers. Oh, no, Shake Shack and then more burgers. So it's in the top four best fast food burgers I had in America. But Yeah, Shake Shack is pretty good. But uh, Five Guys, I'm very tempted to make a, a trip to Penrith. It's very expensive from what I've heard. It's expensive in America, but it's expensive here. You can customise it. But I really liked it when I went and I enjoyed it in America. But, yeah, actually, Shake Shack was really good. I've got that in England as well. I should bring it over here. Yeah, I'm sure they will eventually. I know, uh, like, I just moved to Nowra and they're getting a Carl's Jr. at some point. So Shake Shack's got to be down the line somewhere. I actually used to do um, social media marketing for Carl's Jr. when I worked at a social media agency. So I came up with all their content and posted all their stuff and read a lot of bad reviews about them. But, yeah, Carl- and Taco Bell's down your way as well. Yep. There's one you may actually have been made to go to. Oh, yeah, there is too. Yeah, I, I love Taco Bell. Like I, I used to get Taco Bell every week. Oh, really? I see a lot of I see a lot of stuff on TikTok about American foods as well, but, like, I've, I've heard Taco Bell, well, it's in America, Goes right through you quite quickly, but I've, I want to have to try the crunch, crunch wrap supreme. That looks good. It's got like, mm, yeah. Oh, maybe I'll do that for dinner. I haven't even eaten yet. Mm. I never had any issues with the Australian one. Okay. But yeah, like five guys. Thankfully, it's at Penrith Panthers. And every year, like a, there's a wrestling company that has an event at Penrith Panthers. So I know what I'm getting next time. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, sweet. I mean, you might have to save up for a couple of weeks for it, but. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> And now, a quick word from our sponsors. First up is Maison de Femmes. They are an online jewellery boutique dedicated to the lovers, mystics and dreamers. They sell exquisite gold-filled jewellery that can be worn as everyday basics or stunning statement pieces. With Christmas fast approaching, a Maison de Femmes piece may be just the thing for that special someone in your life. Check them out at MaisonDeFemme.com. If you want a night filled with crazy stories, and a ton of laughs, then Sam Wade's upcoming Sydney Comedy Festival show Mind Cave is not to be missed. Check it out at the Factory Theatre from November 4 and November 6. And finally, if you're in need of a new logo, event poster, Twitch overlays or emotes, or any type of merchandise designs, then look no further than LF9 Design for all of your graphic design needs. The team at LF9 Design and create anything you need to suit all styles and budgets. Check them out on Instagram at LF9Design. Yeah, like we were talking about with Vinny Chase coming out of retirement, uh, last night Paramount Plus debuted Dexter New Blood, which is Dexter the serial killer coming back out of retirement seven or eight years after the season finale, which was absolutely panned when it came out. So uh, in that season finale of the original run of shows, he basically fakes his own death, takes his boat out and drives into a tropical cyclone in Miami, but uh, somehow survived. Uh, The boat is absolutely destroyed, but he somehow survives and ended up in Portland, Oregon. My favourite! He didn't stay there, though, unfortunately. In uh, this new mini-series of... Uh, Dexter Newblood, he's in uh, a town called Iron Lake, which is a fake town in New York. And, uh, yeah, he's back living his life like totally normal. He's going by the name Jim Lindsay now, which is a a little nod to the writer uh, Jeff Lindsay of the the Dexter books. 
And uh, yeah, this is a 10-episode miniseries, basically bringing Dexter Morgan back to life or back to the forefront. Yeah, wow. And uh, yeah, it's now on Paramount Plus, streaming week to week. So we only got one episode last night, which it was supposed to debut at 8 p.m. I logged on at 8 p.m. and it didn't show up. So I was like, oh, that's that's a great sign, Paramount Plus. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like hit play on the trailer and see what happens. Maybe it, it'll update and it'll play the correct thing. And it just came on after the trailer. So that's what I had to do. Just had to press play on the trailer and let it run through so that and then the show came on afterwards. It, I checked this morning and it still wasn't up. That's the only way to access it at the time. You have to watch the trailer to get the episode to play. That's weird. Yeah, it was a, it was a very weird. The, the Paramount Plus has app has a lot of issues. Like there's no profiles at the moment. Uh, I think they've only just added a like my watch list type thing, feature. So it's it's still got some some improvements to be made, but yeah, Dexter Newblood was the main reason that I signed up for the service. And the first episode, yeah, left me pretty satisfied. It didn't blow my socks off with anything crazy, but they got Michael C. Hall back as Dexter, which they kind of had to do. It wouldn't have definitely wouldn't have worked if they got someone else to to take over that role. Uh, we also get Jennifer Carpenter back reprising her role as Deborah Morgan, his sister, even though she died in the original series. But uh, she's she's back, but she's not alive. They're not. They've come out and said that we're not retconning anything. So that that final episode that was absolutely panned by everybody is canon. That's what happened. Uh, but now yeah. this new series is he's moved to New York. He's living there, quiet life. Uh, Deborah's back, but she's just kind of his imagination. She takes over the role of his father harry morgan as his like guidance character and subconscious type thing yeah and uh yeah they got the original showrunner clyde phillips who was responsible for the first four seasons of the original series which in my opinion were the, the four best of the eight so it's good to get him back and this one's set 10 years after the original series and Dexter's, yeah, like I said, living in Iron Lake, New York. He has Jim Lindsay, who is the, he's basically a staff member of a hunting store, which seems pretty fitting for a serial killer. Easy access to guns and knives and hunting equipment that he would need to continue. But uh, according to the show, he hasn't committed a murder in the 10 years since he left Miami. So now we're sort of getting to come back and witness him fight those urges and, spoiler alert, succumb to the urges at the end of episode one, which yeah. kind of was expected. It wouldn't have been the same series if yeah. we just went 10 episodes and nobody died. We'll just follow on this dude around living a happy life. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so it felt very much like the original Dexter that we all know and loved and did a good job of sort of making up for that contentious final episode. Um, I'm interested to see where they go in the next nine episodes, eight o'clock on Sundays. I think the weirdest part of this episode, though, was uh, they reintroduce Harrison, who is his son. Okay. Yeah, I felt like he was much older than he probably should have been, considering it's only 10 years later. And from what I remember, Harrison in the final season was only like four or five and this actor does not look 14 or 15 he looks <laughs> late teens early 20s i was like mm, this yeah this doesn't quite feel right i'm gonna have to concentrate on this a little bit more and have have this make sense to me as the the season goes on did you ever watch the original dexter yeah i watched like i i i, I I came and went with it. Like, I know what the premise is about. I always found the intro very weird because they're cooking, like, eggs or something in the intro and there was, like, the blood and the tomato sauce and that's something that's always stuck out of my head. So it's just, it's one of two shows that I really enjoyed when I watched it but I kind of fell off and then I started re-watching it and, like, with that, I was thinking about Suits, this other show I loved. It was, like, these two shows that, like, when you said you were going to watch this, I was like, oh, it's a show I like watching 
then I kind of stopped watching it because it fell off. Then I'd come and go with it, but it wasn't something I sat down and did fully. So like, I don't, I didn't know that the ending or whatever. I, I think I fell off by the time it happened. And um, yeah, I yeah, it was, I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it was something I never fully finished. Yeah, they are. They got rid of that uh, intro, so obviously, like they've just gone full refresh. It's a totally new intro, basically, um, and just like. Even the setting is totally different. Like we went from warm, tropical Miami to now where cold, icy, snow, winter of upstate New York. So, yeah, it does feel like a complete refresh and reboot. So you get a lot of similarities but lots of stark contrast as well. So it does feel new, which is cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll be interested to see where it goes and whether we get more as the the thing goes or if we're just going to – settle on 10 episodes and try and hopefully get to an ending that everyone's happy with rather than ending on something that everybody hated and felt like it tarnished a whole series. Yeah. That's the thing. I know one of my favourite shows that I've never been able to watch since I saw the ending, How I Met Your Mother, that, that was absolutely horrible. And it's, I don't know, if they did a reboot, I don't think I'd be able to watch it just because that, it just scarred me so much how, bad that ending was it was horrible so it's good that it seems to be i guess picking up where it left off or like not where it left off but picking up and it seems like promising for the next nine episodes so yeah nice yeah like it goes to show how important an ending to a show is like even um what was it sons of anarchy had a bad ending as well that was kind of like oh what the heck and like just that that one last episode can tarnish a whole run of a show that runs over multiple seasons mm. game of thrones is another one where that last season was absolute trash and it's ruined kind of the whole series for a lot of people so yeah really important to nail the ending of a beloved show yeah i know seinfeld got kind of rubbish for its ending but i kind of really like the ending of seinfeld just because it pulled all, all the old characters back in and it was a good look at it all but yeah that's another show that got tarnished whereas the rival friends. I thought that was quite a nice ending to that show. But yeah, you, you need to tell the whole story. And if, if you end poorly, it's just, yeah, there's a sour taste in your mouth. And I literally like when I used to watch normal TV, if How Many Mothers on, I just wouldn't, I just turned it off just because I was so disappointed by it. So, man. Yeah. The Sopranos is another one with a very contentious ending, just fading to black. So, yeah, really, really hard to nail that ending when you've built up like a fan base that are dedicated to this show over eight or nine seasons. Yeah, definitely. Uh, is there anything else you've been watching? I've got one more movie on my list. Nah, to be honest, I've been pretty slack this month just with venues being open and being busy with that. So I started watching, actually, I, I, I'm halfway through You. I know you discussed that last week, but everyone's frothing over it. I'm really struggling to watch it. I just don't. I, I'm just really not enjoying it. I, I don't know what it is. Like maybe it's going to end quite strongly or whatever, but I think I'm yeah, six episodes in and I just keep putting it off and just not, I just really just not, it just hasn't hooked me. Of season one? No, season, the final, season three, what they're up to now. So what I watched the recent episodes, they they had their, um, their sleepover with the, that other couple when they were, Signed the non-disclosures and, mm-hmm. and then now whatever, which I thought was pretty. The episode that just gets wild really quickly. Yeah, that was that. That was the last one I watched, and that was Friday. And obviously, I was busy on the weekend, so I watched it since. But up until then, I was watching, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to keep watching this because I need to finish it, like Mr. Cormac. But it's been renewed for another season, so I wonder what's going to happen with it all. But yeah, it's just I just can't get, can't get into it. I think you do need to sort of be a dedicated fan of you to enjoy it. Um, mm. It doesn't do anything overly like groundbreaking compared to previous seasons, apart from sort of the shock of Joe isn't really the bad guy at the beginning of the season. But yeah, 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 that's right. It does end pretty nicely and sort of made me intrigued for season four. And it was like when you were talking about Dexter and his sister was in it. Forty was her, her dead brother was in it, and it was like similar, like for like flashbacks as well. So when you're talking about that, 
that's what I was thinking about because I was like, oh yeah, like they were in the bath, which is so odd. Oh, so weird. Yes, yeah, so weird. That's something else that kind of I was like, this is so. And then the neighbor's kid as well, like. Oh, some of the stuff I'm watching, I probably because there's those weird things. That's probably why I can't get fully invested in it. Plus, like Gossip Girl Dan being a killer. I don't know. It's just I don't know. Oh, some weird things. In that. There's a lot of weird, that like, cringy moments in that season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That bath scene is just oh, so bloody oh. Yeah, that's just wrong. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, I watched another movie, kind of. Yeah, obviously with no internet, I couldn't invest in a, a full se- season of something. So I just went for uh, movies this week, kind of smashed out two movies, a comedy special and an hour-long TV episode in three days. Uh, I watched the new Apple TV exclusive movie starring Tom Hanks. It's called Finch. Have you seen that one pop up? Yes, that's one. Like I have a list of... I know you can add to my list, but I have a list on my phone of things I want to watch. And I actually was like, look up Tom Hanks' movie. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's uh, called Finch, and it's basically set 10 years after a solar flare uh, destroys Earth's ozone layer, which basically makes the temperature increase by 70 degrees and makes basically outside unbearable for humans because they just burn up instantly. Uh, there's radiation and crazy weather everywhere. So a lot of people have died out, but Tom Hanks's character, who is named Finch, he survives and he has a little, uh, he has a dog, he has a little robot companion, and then he builds another robot and they all decide that they're going to, they need to travel because the weather's just getting too crazy where they are. They can't go east to New York because there's too many big cities, which means there's people, which means there's danger that way. So they decide they're going to go west. They're going to go to over the mountains, which is obviously makes it a lot harder for people to follow them and go to San Francisco to see the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge. And so it's basically all about their journey and how this new robot who's basically AI Uh, how he begins to learn about life, love, friendship, and basically what it means to be a human because he's learning the entire time from Finch. And Finch has given him the the classic four robot rules. Don't harm a human. If a human's going to get hurt, you have to do something. You can't let a human get hurt through inaction. Uh, And then he had one other rule. And then the fourth rule was... If Finch isn't present, protect the dog, and this rule supersedes all other rules. So basically he's given the the robot permission to hurt humans if he's not there and they're going to hurt the dog. It felt very similar to uh, Tom Hanks' previous Apple TV movie, News of the World, in that he's like an older guy guiding someone along a journey, whereas in in News of the World, he was guiding a young girl. And then in this one, he's guiding this robot and a dog and teaching them life lessons along the way. And yeah, it's a very heartwarming film. Like it's kind of just yeah, this simple journey of teaching a robot how to be a person, basically. Yeah, nice. There was one particular sequence at the very end where the robot and the dog who the entire movie just haven't got along. The dog's kind of wary of this robot the whole time. And eventually they develop a bond and play fetch. And I was like, okay, yep, you sold me. This is like a really sweet, nice ending. Yeah. So, yeah, a good, lighthearted, happy, heartwarming one to watch on at the end of a, a tough week. Yeah, okay. I like it. Apple TV, once again, have kept me. Yep. Yeah, like and like you said, there's that that basketball show. Uh, Morning Wars is still crushing it with awesome episodes. Uh, there's a new Will Ferrell show coming out soon, so there's, there's plenty of content that looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Plus, there's that one that's coming out in January that I was talking about last time about the murder mystery or something. That's part and there's all these famous people, like actors in it that. Um, 
I'm waiting for. So I don't know. I don't even know when my bill comes out. It just comes out. I'm like, okay, cool. I've kept it down. So whatever. I probably should manage my my finances better when it comes to streaming services, but whatever. Yeah, probably spending a fortune on streaming services, but oh well. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, what would be your top recommendation for the week? Well, considering I've watched heaps this month, it's pretty tough to decide. No, the righteous gemstones. It's <laughs> only like it's only the new thing I've watched, but yeah, like I the gentleman's wonderful, but I, the righteous gemstones is just such a good piss take on America and like all and religion and stuff. And if you like anything Danny McBride's in. Yeah, he's just he's just so good in it. Like even yeah, anyone can watch it. Like I've yeah, talked heaps of people about it. They all love it. So yes, big tick from me. Do you think it would annoy like highly religious people though? No, I'd want to hope that they could see the good of it, like the humor in it. But they don't say anything being like God doesn't exist or whatever. Like it's just a piss take on religion. So I don't think I think it'd be like. If you can take the piss out of yourself when you like religion, it's something you can watch and enjoy. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. As long as you don't take it too seriously, you'll you'll enjoy that show. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty, and for me, it's uh, the harder they fall, just like a really unexpected play on a a western, and yeah, I really enjoyed the sort of hip hop R and B elements and the primarily African cast, which was really cool. Yeah. Oh. Alrighty. Thank you for listening and watching the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services, uh, YouTube, uh, and on Twitch. You can follow Jackson on Instagram at jacks underscore car, which I believe is also the same on TikTok for the daily vlogs. Yeah, I've got a link tree that links everything. Yeah, there so. go. Perfect. And you can follow me on social media at Jamie Ups Media and at Perio Magazine. The new magazine actually arrived today. So I've got a, that's my next job for the week. Deliver all of those out. Can you sign mine, please? I can do that for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the commentary booth is a fan funded production of Jamie Ups Media. You can support the podcast alongside our new magazine, Perio Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jamie Ups Media. The following people have supported at the publisher level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Ryan and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Courtney Paulson, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Epps.